Welcome everybody to the new Game of Leadership Online Summit. My name is Zorina Dimitrova, host of the summit and uh, host of the platform growandlearn.org. Today I'm here with a very mindful guest. We are going to have uh, uh, the topic of how mindful and compassionate leaders are more efficient. Uh, I am here with Dr. Natasha Papater-Perilufulu. I apologize if I have again mispronounced, but she will tell you how to pronounce her name in a second. It's a long, beautiful Greek name. I love it, but it takes practice to, <laughs> to say it nicely. Um, Natasha is a, a graduate of the, uh, let me get this right. It was a California School of Mindfulness. Yeah. Um, University of California. University of California, yes. And before that, you were a professor at uh, Brunel University yeah. in London. Uh, so you were very technically oriented and then you switched to a career in uh, mindfulness. And now you're doing uh, consultations, mindfulness, meditations, whenever there's no lockdown <laughs> in Greece. And you also... Um, I give lectures at universities, corporations. I know that you've given a lecture at the EU Commission uh, some years ago. So Natasha, if I have missed something, and I for sure I've missed a lot of things about your uh, important things to say about you, but and what you do, so please fill me in. <laughs> fill, yeah. Excellent. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Zorina. Yeah, you said the most important things that are that are important for this talk today. Um, what I want to say is uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the change of career that I had because I've been a um, um, professor of computer science for 15 years, but my inc inclination was towards meditation for no apparent reason to me at all. So um, I was practicing just to be more able to, to be more concentrated and be able to make decisions with clear mind. That's what I thought when I started meditation. But later on, um, I was very interested in learning how to teach meditation, but do it in a more professional way, in a way that is more related to how universities teach, because that was my background. That's why I went to UCLA, the University of California in Los Angeles, where we were taught how to be, uh, how can I say that, even spiritual or being quite and more open to different kinds of practices, but in a way that is uh, scientifically proven and is actually aligned with the way we operate anyway. So that's why I am appealing now, I'm talking to everyone who is just a bit open about these kind of practices. You don't have to be super spiritual or any of that. You can just be open to, to understand that there are lots of practices that we can do, everyday people can use in the Western world, to be able to be more efficient. The other subject I wanted to introduce before we go into the actual presentation of what I'm doing today is the, the subject of leadership. So some people might think, oh, I'm not a leader, or oh, I'm not leading anyone. We all lead our own lives, <laughs> whether we like it or not. And sometimes we feel like somebody else is leading us, or we need to lead others, we need to pull them or push them in different directions. So, so the skills I'm going to introduce today uh, are also not only relevant to our working life, but also to our everyday life, family life and everyday life. So before I go into actually introducing the subject, I want to just introduce a very short practice. That's what I always do with any of my presentations to help the audience, whoever is here with us, to just be more concentrated and be more in the here and now. You don't need to know any meditation practice. You don't have to be a meditator or any of that. But I just want to gradually and very gently, if you like, introduce a practice that everyone can do before they go into their, uh, you know, whatever, do, whatever they're doing in the morning uh, into the office. That's what I used to do when I was going to my office before I switched on my computer. So I'll ask everyone to find a comfortable position. Just, just put your feet on the ground. Just stay in your chair if you're in a chair. Nothing to do, just don't have to change really. Just stay with dignity as we say, the back is straight. And I'll ask you to not completely close your eyes but just lower the gaze as we say. Just look at the table in front of you. So we just, 
put the intention there to look at the table, whatever is in front of the table. Might be a notebook, might be pens, pencils. And we just breathe and we gather all the information that the eyes are giving us. Anything that's on the table. And we see it as we've never seen it before. Okay, and we allow the breath to settle without doing anything about it. Just looking every single object on our desk or whatever is in front of us. Just every little detail or maybe even the color of the table, anything that's in front of us. And if we like, and if we feel comfortable, we can slowly close our eyes now. Only if we want to. And then slowly and gradually, we can turn the intention to look inside the body. We can start with the heart, the lungs, see where the breath is. Just moving the chest slightly. Just feel the whole of the body now. If there's any tension anywhere, we just observe. So it's an exercise of observation. Just watching what's happening in the body. And as we sit here with the breath, as it manifests, it manifests in the chest, around the nostrils. We can just wonder about our motivation to be here. Are we leaders? Do we want to be leaders? Do we want to improve our leadership? Or maybe we think we're too assertive or we're too much of a leader and we want to step back. Just stay in silence for a minute and see how we relate personally to leadership. How do we see leadership fits into our personality? Is that something we want to be or maybe not? And we slowly and gradually, we just can't let go of all this contemplation. We can open our eyes, come back to our screens. Yeah. So you don't have to do anything about it. You can keep notes if you like. Actually, it would be good if you have a notebook and pen in front of you. I'll give you the time to do that. And just grab any pen or paper, anything because we're gonna use it later on in another exercise. So we just stay here with just observing how the concentration feels like, just five minutes of practice. Okay, just you can keep note of what came up for you about leadership, any words, images. We're going to talk about mindful leadership. Yeah, so there's lots of, um, there's not very many, but there are books out there that they talk about leadership and how we can take mindfulness practices into our need or our intention to be more efficient leaders. And as I said, this can apply to anyone, doesn't have to be only 
in people that are in high positions, anyone, all of us lead in one way or another. So let's see, because lots of people talk about mindfulness in general. I'll just uh, give a very short, very short description of what mindfulness is and how can we practice it without being meditators that you know, spend hours and hours in a, in a meditation position or breathing and doing things that they're, they're not particularly you know, familiar to us. So what is mindfulness? So it's not about emptying our mind, it's not about relaxation, it's not about stop thinking, but it's about one very specific ability we have and we train that ability, which is our awareness. So, yeah, so I'm going back to explaining what mindfulness is. So this is about awareness of three main things. Yeah. So the first one is the body sensations. And this is what we practice today, this morning, just, just before. So it's about feeling the body. Yeah. Just, we all know how the body feels, but when we close our eyes and, and become more aware, then we are more aware of all the subtle um, kind of feelings that we have in the body. And that includes the breath, because we know lots of people talk about the breath as a main anchor for meditation. But the next thing we notice, and which is the most interesting, one of the interesting things, is we notice our thinking process. Yeah? And the third one is our emotions. What kind of mood we're in. We might be angry, we might be frustrated, we might be tired, we might be elevated. And then what is important is we do it with specific kind of quality in our attention. Yeah? So the attention is kind. Yeah? So we don't judge our experience. We're very kind in what we're doing. Yeah? So lots of people will ask, okay, that's all very good. Might make me you know, more concentrated or more relaxed when I, when I work. But how is that helping me become a better leader? That's a very interesting question. Yeah. So what is happening is when we apply those kind of things, you know, mindfulness is a very, is a very general kind of uh, skill we have, yeah? So it's like knowing how to you know, do basic calculations, do your additions, basically. So what we can do is we can use the skills of paying attention and the awareness to be aware of how we operate as individuals, yeah? So for example, we did that already this morning within five minutes, we can be aware of our motivation, yeah? So as a leader, whatever we're leading, we, it's very interesting to know why we're doing it. Is it, we, are we doing it because we think we're gonna be good at it? We think that we are the only ones that they can do it, no one else has the ability. Do we think that um, we, we, we want to, lead others or do we want to be served by others yeah so there's no judgment though that's the most important thing the most important thing in the mindful practices is to not judge the motivation even if we think it's not a very good one so if we think we want to be leaders because of arrogance or because that's how we are i'm a leader anyway this is okay it's interesting to observe other things we can be aware of, as I said before, is our thinking process and see how what we think is aligned to how we feel as a, leaders, as a leader. So see how the motivation we have, the one we explore already, is related to how we think. So we might think we're a leader, we, we believe we're a leader, but the, the thinking process doesn't relate to that. We think as an, a follower. It's interesting to watch things like, it's not necessarily that's happening, but it's interesting to watch. And that's what we do with these practices. The third one is to observe our emotions, as I said before, and see how we feel about it. Yeah? So we might have this idea, or somebody might have, might have in, you know, inspired us to be a leader, but how do we feel about it? Do we feel like it's comfortable to lead others? Do we feel like, oh, I don't know how to make people do things? It's interesting to watch our emotions related to, to things that are uh, involved with leadership. 
And another element we have with, with mindfulness is to be aware of others. So the more we're aware of how we are, the more we are able to observe the motivation and um, the thinking process of other people. Yeah. So this way we can use this awareness of the body, awareness of the thinking process, awareness of our emotions to be able to apply those awareness skills to our motivation, the way we feel about things and the way we see how others operate. And then, of course, as I said before, with mindfulness practices, it's very interesting to look at our intention. Yeah. So the intention is to be kind, not to be judgmental of their experience or whatever we think and feel. So, for example, if we want to really transfer that uh, intention to our um, leadership abilities, is to see how we can be not forceful in our applying of leadership, yeah? So if we follow that uh, basic idea of mindfulness to be kind, to be gentle in our approach to everything, so this way we can apply that to our leadership. So for example, we can see how we can be leaders without forcing things. Sometimes it might feel impossible, but sometimes we can find ways to still be gentle when we want to force or we want to, to make someone do something in, in everyday terms, yeah? The Dalai Lama says, um, try to be kind as much as you can or something like that. And they say, you can always be kind. So there's always a way to be gentle in our approach to, to, to how we lead ourselves or others. The other element that is related to mindfulness and can be applied to, to leadership is that of humbleness, yeah? So when we meditate, when we are in the position of observing ourselves, we're very humble. We are by default because it's quite hard, especially at the beginning. We realize how much of that skill to be able to concentrate the mind in one place is quite hard, yeah? So we become very humble because we realize how much work is there to be done. So the same with leadership. The more humble we are about the things we know and we can do and how much we can improve ourselves, the more we are able to transfer that humbleness to other people around, around us and feel more connected with us. Yeah? So the humbleness is the opposite of arrogance thinking that we know it all, or we can do everything without um, anybody's help. Finally, and relating again of how we are and how we can communicate with um, others, is we can transfer that compassion or this gentleness and kindness to how we communicate with other people, other people around us, that they are maybe subordinates to us, or people that they're peers, people that they work at the same level like us. So this way, this is just a theoretical kind of presentation of how being aware of ourselves, being aware of other people and having the intention to be kind is the basis we have in order to be able to be compassionate leaders. Uh, so basically this, this slide is the, the, the explanation I gave about what is mindfulness. So awareness of Exactly, body sensations, our thinking patterns, our emotions, and then the intention to be open, to be curious, to be kind. So if we go to the next one, uh, Zorina, yeah. No, the one just before. Yeah, exactly. So this the one is the one where I was explaining how we can use those skills of awareness and kind intention when we try, when we strive to be mindful leaders, yeah? So we can be aware of our motivation like we did this morning, the emotions that come up when we feel, how does it feel to be a leader? Does it feel comfortable or uncomfortable? But also we can be more observant of other people's motivations and need for recognition, yeah? And then the most important element, the most important ingredient is the intention. Yeah. So if the intention is humble, if the intention is kind, then we can be less forceful 
in what we do. And then we can be quite humble in what we do. And we realize we all, we all need to learn. Nobody knows it all. And then, of course, we can be more compassionate in our communication with others. So we don't uh, come up as arrogant. Yeah. So let's go into the next slide. And then we're gonna, yeah, look at the, the skills of mindful leaders. This is from the literature and it's related to how people that they manage to do that, apply mindful practices into their leadership uh, abilities, they're able to do some, some very specific kind. They have specific skills which are quite interesting. So first of all, the one is quite obvious. The first one is quite common and obvious, which is concentrated attention. There's a literature related to what we call uh, attention economy. So what does that mean is the more able we are as individuals, just at the individual level, to focus the attention wherever we want to take it, the more efficient we are. And all the research shows that when we're able to move the attention wherever we want to move it, rather than being pulled away from distractions, like when my mobile, when I'm doing something and the mobile goes off, I don't have to necessarily go for it. Or if somebody's yelling at me or something is happening, I am able to have my attention move to wherever I want to move it. Yeah. So with meditation, we learn to do that. And a leader who has the, the ability to concentrate in simple terms better is a much better leader because then they have the ability to take, make better decisions. The second one, which is related, is clarity of thought. Yeah? And I can um, confirm that from my own practice and from my own uh, years of, of, of trying to, to have clarity. The problem is when there's too many thoughts and most leaders have lots of ideas and it's actually considered a good thing. And it is a good thing to have lots of different ideas, being able to talk to too many different people, go from people, go from one meeting to another, be able to absorb a lot of information. This ability is very important, but the ability to have clarity around all the different thoughts is something that we gain through a mindfulness practices. So that means that with relation to the first one to be very attentive we can also be very clear yeah we can do one thought one idea one action at a time we sometimes we think that it's good if we do things at the same time lots of women are proud of that i can do lots of different things in reality the mind works better when we do one thing at a time and that gives us lots of clarity yeah then what happens is when we have attention and we have clarity, then creativity comes. Yeah. So lots of lots of maybe you have heard lots of you might have heard of the flow. Yeah. So we go into the flow when we're concentrated. Lots of painters, lots of artists talk about that. So when they do their art, they don't know anything else. They're in the flow. When you're in the flow, the creativity comes up. And the leaders need to be creative. They need to make decisions. They need to be able to, to think on their toes. Yeah. So the, the first three ones are very much related of the pure abilities we get from being aware of, of our sensations, of our thinking process, because the more we're aware, the, the more concentrated we can become. So these are abilities that are purely at individual level can help us be more aware of what's going on, yeah? be, have clarity, know what we're doing. So decision makers like leaders need to do that. The more confused they are and the more change that happens in their thinking process, the less they are able to concentrate in what needs to be done. Then we're moving into something related to the intention, as I mentioned before, is the compassion element. And lots of times compassion is considered very, as a weakness for leaders, yeah? So there's this misconception that the more hard you are, the more forceful you are, you are a better leader. But now there's lots and lots of research shows that how, how much the leader can show compassion, understanding of others is the one that they are really, can really resonate with their subordinates, yeah? So, the other problem is compassion sometimes is, is uh, considered something that is uh, 
uh, you're going to be just too nice to people. Yeah. Sometimes we say that for ourselves, like, oh, you're, if you're compassionate and you love yourself, uh, you're just too intelligent. You eat anything, you never exercise and you do whatever. That's, that's a very wrong misconception. Compassion is about the ability to understand when somebody's falling off the wagon, they did, some, they did something wrong, even ourselves. But what we can do is we can forgive them, we can understand, we can accept it, but then motivate them to start again. Yeah? So that's a very specific ability that leaders have if they need and if they know how to motivate other people. And this applies to ourselves. So when we decide, like I did a, an interesting presentation about New Year's resolutions, we all want to go to the gym, we all want to lose weight, we all want to be more concentrated. But the, after January, we fall off. We think, we're thinking we are too, either too strict with ourselves or just too loose about what we're doing. The secret to that is if we apply it to ourselves, we can do it to our subordinates, which is observing and realizing and accepting that everybody makes mistakes, things can go wrong, but because we're concentrated, because we have clarity of thought, we can observe it. And then because of that clarity, we can just motivate the person to start again, or we can motivate ourselves to start again. So this is a very super important element there. Finally, and something we're going to practice together because we're going to go into um, exercises now, is the ability to go beyond ourselves. And mindfulness is very much about that. Although mindfulness is a very personal thing, although we work with ourselves and our minds and our emotions, when we practice those things, what happens naturally is when we come out to the world, we come out from our practice, from our meditation, we develop this ability to be aware of other people's needs. And then we can operate beyond our immediate environment. We can even operate in international level, yeah? So there are lots of practices we do to open up the way we operate. So the concentration is there, but at the same time, we're aware of what people want, what people need. And these people could be our subordinates, our peers, but even our customers and anyone who is involved in what we do. Yeah. So this way, we combine this concentration, this clarity, this focus of attention to this openness, openness with compassion, openness with kindness, and being able to observe things that are outside ourselves. So basically, there is a dance between those two abilities. Concentration that gives us clarity of mind, but also openness to the, openness to the environment so we are able to, to intervene when we need to in a, in a kind way. Yeah? So if we move to the next slide, I'll try my best in this short time we have to actually make that apply all this uh, as, a, as a specific practice. And I'll explain how the practice works before we go into the actual practice here. So there's something that is quite um, popular lately in, uh, in the mindfulness domain, and I teach it a lot, which is about journaling. Yeah? So although mindfulness is quite, um, it's a practice that doesn't involve anything to do with writing or uh, communicating, but it's mostly about sitting with ourselves concentrated, concentrated. With the journaling exercise, we're actually applying what I was talking about before is how what is happening internally through concentration and focus can be externalized. And in this case, we use notepad and a piece of paper and pen to externalize whatever concentrated kind of ideas or create creative kind of um, thinking that happens through our meditation practice. Yeah. So in order to be quite specific about it. Before we start the exercise, I, I did it, I asked before, but I'll give you again a bit of time to just bring any piece of paper or pen, just notebook, whatever you have in front of you. I mean, in our desks, we always have pen and paper. Just bring anything. If not, just use your mobile phone, your notes, or the notes on your computer or Word file. But for me, it works better when I have a, a 
a pen and piece of paper. So, so if we all do that, we can go to the next slide. And we're gonna go into that exercise. So you can just forget the slide for the moment. Just don't look at your screen. And like, as we did in the beginning, we gather them, you know, our uh, gaze. So we're looking, just taking our eyes down to the table, yeah? So forget about the screen for a moment and just look down. We can do the same like we did at the beginning. Just look at everything that's on the table. Just our concentration point, which is the piece of paper, the pen, the table itself. And we can choose for a minute whether we're comfortable with that or not, to close our eyes or just keep it open. Keep them open, rather. But just stay with ourselves in silence for a minute. Observing the body, the breath, the things in front of us. So for now, we're not doing anything. Just looking in front of us, following the breath. And again, without looking at the screen, we can mindfully, meaning very slowly, take the pen we have, or move our fingers closer to the keyboard, and just listen to the question. The question is very specific, might not be very easy. Is what is my motivation as a leader? Why do I want to lead if I want? Or maybe not. So just write down anything that comes up, no filters. Just keep your gaze on the paper. Don't look around. Why do I want to be a leader? What is my motivation? Who inspired me, maybe? Who motivated me if there's someone involved? What is my motivation? Anything that comes up, we don't push. We just, if there's nothing there, we just stay with nothing. Just allow the thoughts to come up. And I will leave that question and we move to the next one, which is very, it's a very different question. It has a yes or a no answer. It's like black or white. So the question is, do I need to serve or to be served? Or it could be gray, could be both. But just contemplate on that. You're just keeping your gaze on the paper, just following the breath if that helps. Do I need to serve? Do I want to serve? Or do I want to be served? No judgment. Do I feel the need to serve? Or I enjoy being served? There's lots of feelings related to that. Do I feel comfortable serving? 
Do I feel comfortable when other people serve me? Which one is more dominant? No wise, just observation. And the final one, just extending our awareness to other people. And let's contemplate on how do I feel about powerful people, whoever I consider powerful, whoever just comes into our head, we can just sit here first with just contemplating the first person that comes into our head as powerful. Could be our own boss, or it could be a leader, like a politician, or our own father when we were children. Just bring into, our, into your mind someone you consider, consider powerful. Either now or in your past. How do we feel about that person? Do we feel admiration? Do we feel envy? Are we inspired? Just see how you feel about that person, even if you know them or don't. How do you feel about powerful people? Now we bring the exercise to a close by, again is a choice, but I would recommend to close your eyes. If not, just keep gazing at the paper. Just see how the questions might relate to each other. But most importantly, how you, how you feel about your answers. Were you surprised? Were you feel ashamed of your answers? No one else can see them, it's okay. Do you feel empowered by your answers? How do you feel about what came up for you? Are you comfortable or not? A smile, maybe bring a smile on the face. So stay with the body now, you can leave it all behind. Just give a word if you like to how you feel now. Just one word inspired, questioning yourself, relaxed, maybe just relaxed. Surprised. Just pay attention to the feeling that comes up with all that discussion. You can take a deep breath, open the eyes, look at the screen again. Yeah. So the exercise is just an application of what I was talking about before. Before we go into doing something or Concentrate on something. It's good if we just gather the attention into what is happening here and now in front of us in our body. And then we can go into answering questions. And you see that if you try to answer those questions in some other time without being concentrated before, you might give different answers. Yeah? The other element of the exercise is working a lot with kind of feeling that comes up. We might feel guilty or, for example, want to be served. It's okay, just observe. We just observe all the feelings related to how 
we relate to leadership as, a, as an ability. We did it very shortly at the beginning, but these questions help us to take it further. And Jorina, if you move to the next slide, I'm gonna introduce the last subject for today. And I'll just leave you with that. And I'll, I'll ask you just the recommendation to go back to those questions, go back to your answers on your own time and just use, use your imagination and your, you know, whatever, whatever ability comes there in relation to what you saw there. So I'm gonna introduce the last subject, which is related to what we're doing, which is important. I already introduced that, saying how mindfulness can help us be more open to how we think we can serve or we can lead in, in beyond our immediate environment. Yeah. So it's related, and I did that in my, you know, in my group of people that they follow, follow, follow me or just taking my classes, is at the, at the beginning of the year of 2021. And it's related to a quote. And the quote is, if your dream is only about you, it's too small. And for me, it's very much related to leadership. Yeah. So when we dream, it's, very, it's a very specific characteristic of leaders. It's a very interesting, for me, characteristic of leaders. So the people that they only think how they're going to climb the ladder, as we say, or become successful, and they only think about themselves, how they're going to make money or be able to live in a better house or whatever, whatever have, uh, you know, get that position or that status. It's very interesting how effective leaders think beyond that. Yeah? So leadership, when is actually including not only the immediate people you help, but society as a whole, if you like, is, uh, is leadership that is much more inspiring. Yeah? So the dream, the, the, the size of the dream, it can be anything. It can be just your family. Yeah? It can be just your extended family. It can be just your company, or it can be your whole of your country or the whole of whatever continent you are in. So I'm not saying that all of us should be able to save the world and be you know, able to, to solve everybody's problems, but it's very interesting to see how our motivation, as we saw it before, includes other people. So I'll just do it again, now that we have practiced quite a lot. I'll just do it again. I'll just ask you to, again, gather your gaze, do it once more for the last time, or close your eyes. Dreams are very much related with closed eyes, yeah? So when we dream, somebody says, oh, can you dream of that? We close our eyes. So I'll encourage you to close your eyes, if that's comfortable, of course. And then you don't have to open your eyes, but I'll read it for you again. If your dream is only about you, it's too small. How do you feel about that? If your dream is only about you, it's too small. How, does you, how do you feel about that? Who can you include in your, in your dream? Dreaming big. Could be your family. Could be your clients. Could be your colleagues. Could be your social circle. How your success can affect others? And how does it feel? Just dreaming big. Smiling at your dream. How, it doesn't matter how big it is. We're not obliged to implement it. We can only dream, that's fine. 
sharing of the screen. Uh, Zorina, yeah. Don't know if people, Zorina, are people are able to ask questions or if they want yes. to. They have to unmute themselves only. Yes. Thank you yes. so much, Natasha. This was so, I feel so uh, dreamy at the moment and so <laughs> relaxed. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. But uh, yeah, whoever is there, if they want to ask questions, that's fine. Uh, but uh, if I would summarize, yeah, I was just trying to demonstrate how mindfulness that people think is this concentration or sitting with yourself somewhere <laughs> on your own can be applied and extended uh, outwards. Yeah. yeah. I have a question, though, related yeah. to one of your black and white, to the black and white question that had to do with who do I serve and, uh, or would I prefer to serve or would I like to be served? And to tell you the truth, I was thinking about it and I had an internal um, opposition uh, against the word serve to begin with. Although I've used it many times in my courses, but now I realize that it's probably not the correct word I would like to use because uh, it has to do with servitude. So um, the way I feel at the moment and what I've realized just now is that I'd like to give what I have to people, but not necessarily serve. So when you serve, you put yourself under them in a way. And um, I realized in this meditation that for me, it's all, it's leadership is a lot about um, equality. It's a lot about uh, uh, giving freedom to people to, um, to express their own gifts and abilities. I mean, this, this was my discovery. It's not like I'm saying this is the truth, right? <laughs> exactly. But exactly, it's exactly what you said. So these kind of practices, it might be a question I'm asking, but for you, it comes up something very specific, which is about the word serve, for example. So this is exactly, it's contemplation, something you never thought before. Because you're going to concentration and observing your thoughts, then something comes up, something, as I said, surprising. It could be 50 different things, could be one thing, but even your realization, which is very interesting, can change your attitude of how you offer to other people, you know? And then you can do it more effectively, like just by, by just little, this little example, yeah? Yes, you're right. So, yeah. so you see, and any word can trigger anyone. Like for me, it wasn't triggering, but for you, it was. So every practice has different effects. When I, I, I teach groups, I'm amazed how each individual has a completely different response to, to the exercise. So, and that's the beauty of it. There's no result. We don't expect to get something. Everyone has a different experience because of their background, because of their you know, previous experiences. Yeah? Right. So yeah, I can, I can definitely testify there were triggers there of realizations in, in this yeah. meditation. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what we want. And we don't even want to specify from before what kind of realizations will be there could be anything but the, the 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 what do you say the trick is that we don't try to say why we, we can do that later there we just work with the awareness okay this one triggers me and that has to do with this and that and then later on we can question it talk about it maybe discuss it with someone yeah? but the moment of the concentration of the contemplation is about being aware just the awareness yeah and the kindness oh that's interesting rather than judgment. The judgment is the problem. When you say, oh, that's interesting, that's, that's exactly what we want to do. Curiosity, interest. And then we can take it further. We can analyze it. We can think. We can discuss with others. But at the time, it's just being, being very surprised and interested in whatever comes up. Yeah? Great. So um, you can also type your questions in the chat, by the way, if you don't want to be shown on the recording. Yeah. Just to let you know. But Natasha, where can people find you for a consultation, for group trainings? And uh, are you planning? And are you are you have more to say? Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, I'm just saying the last screen I have my emails and stuff and my website. On the last slide, you can bring ah, it up if you like. All right, sure. Now that you're asking that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly, I was going to ask you about the retreat. <laughs> when is the next one coming? Yeah, just put it up. So, okay, so that's my, yeah, the last one. Yeah, there, there you go. I <laughs> say good luck with your practice, of course. Uh, my website is there. My email is there. People can email me, of course. 
And if you go to my website, at the bottom, there's all my links to social media, Instagram and Facebook and all that, so people can follow me there. So that's why I put that information there. What I do is I yeah, run courses online and things like that, so you can find them if you go into my website or you know my social media. But what I do and I love doing is the retreats here in Greece, but last year it was very difficult. So this year we don't know yet because of the COVID and you know, the hotels might not be even open. Last year, the first one was in July. <laughs> so let's hope this year we're able. We did some in July and September, but um, you never know. So, uh, so I'll ask people to just go into my social media uh, you know, outlets and then all or whatever I do, whatever or I offer is online, is, is always there. You can email me for personal consultations as well, working with one-to-one -one with me. I do lots of those. Of course, they're, they're all online now because of the situation. And I work with people from all over the world, um, professionals, but also people that they want to do personal development for themselves. So, so yeah, just go there. And Let go. me read them out loud uh, because uh, I'm going to put this in the podcast as well and people won't be able to see the presentation. So the website is uh, mindfulness.com.gr and the email is info at mindfulness.com.gr. Exactly, yeah. So in the website, you'll find all the social media. I didn't want to put all of them and confuse people, but at the bottom of the screen, my first uh, website screen, you see all the social media. And this is where all the information is live. Every Sunday, I have an inspirational um, a kind of mind-free Sundays, I call it, inspirational quote, and I explain how we can do it with mindfulness practices. So yeah, there's no harm to go in and see what's, what's there, what I'm doing. Yeah, it's definitely definitely useful yeah. to, to, to follow what's happening there. Thank you so much, Natasha. I really Thank enjoyed you. it and I'm sure that people have found something useful for themselves as well. Excellent. Thank you very much. Good luck to everyone. If you have any questions after you watch the recording or the podcast, just go on and email me. Uh, I'll be happy to receive anything from you. Great. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Zorina. Bye. Bye.